0: This is the Easy Living Yards podcast. I'm Ben Hale, your low-maintenance host, usually. Let's jump in and learn how to have a healthy, beautiful yard with less work so you can enjoy more time doing what you love. What's up and welcome to episode 68 of the Easy Living Yards podcast. Today we're talking about how to avoid the wrong plants for your yard. Alright, today's not going to be a giant list of plants that you should avoid. (laughs) That's kind of next show actually. Um, Today's show, we're talking about how you can figure out what what the plants are that are right for your yard by first figuring out what the wrong plants are for your yard. So many times we end up at the nursery, at the garden center with basically no idea of what we're getting except that we want something for our yard somewhere, but we don't know what. That's the wrong place to be. So what I really want to do through this show is help you learn how to plan properly to avoid that situation. And today's show, today's episode is really about how to make sure you're not getting the wrong plant for your space, okay? So let's just jump right in. When it comes to really avoiding the wrong plants, the biggest piece is just avoiding high maintenance plants. Okay. So that's the easiest one sentence nutshell for this show. Avoid plants that are going to cause you maintenance. Now, what does that really mean? How do you figure out what's a high maintenance plant? Well, the reality is whether or not a plant is high maintenance really depends on whether or not your space is the best space for that plant. Okay. So it's kind of like a flip of, of the planning process where you figure out what the best plants are for your space. Well, likewise, to avoid the wrong plants for your space, you have to figure out what's what the plant likes and whether or not you have the right space for it. That sounds like a giant tongue twister. We'll talk more about it. So, basically, your plants, if it's a high maintenance plant, it's a plant that's unhappy. It doesn't have the right conditions for it, or it's poorly adapted to your space, is another way to say that. So, a high maintenance plant is a plant with a lot of needs that you don't have, and so you have to intervene to give it the right needs. And this also includes plants that are susceptible to various insect pests, for example. Insect pests usually attack the weakest plant. It's funny enough, when plants are stressed, when they are um, feeling sick, or they're having issues where they're not having the right amount of nutrients, they actually secrete chemicals. They secrete pheromones through their leaves to talk to other plants saying, hey, I'm having trouble over here. All right. So they actually do this super cool ninja stuff that we can't even see or smell or perceive or hear. Plants actually talk to each other. Likewise, they they send out pheromones when they're being attacked by insects to help other plants that are in their same species to start defending themselves. They'll change the chemicals they're secreting through their leaves, for example. They do all this cool stuff. But the reality is insects can pick up on that. They say, oh, this plant's hurt. This plant's sick. This plant's stressed. I'm going to go eat that plant because it's weakened doesn't have the right chemicals to defend itself. So it's this cool, crazy, like bio warfare that's going on. All right. So the reality is when your plants are unhappy, when they're poorly adapted, they're more susceptible to disease issues, to pest issues, or just to being stressed and needing a lot of work. Okay. So how do you figure out what to do correctly? Well, the first thing is just knowing your conditions, knowing what you've got in your landscape and how you can provide the right uh, plants for that space. So basically what that space can provide to the right plant is another way to say that. So this means knowing your sun, knowing your soil, knowing your climate, knowing your water, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, whether or not you have a super windy space, right? So what plants are resilient to wind, or whether you have major weather events that can cause issues for your plants and what plants are best adapted to resist those major weather events. Okay. We talk about this in very good depth in episode nine. So it's kind of a throwback all the way back to episode nine of the right plants for your yard. I'll have a link in the show notes as well. If you want to just go right now, you can go to E L Y slash episode nine. Basically any episode I have, you can navigate it to that way. Just E L Y how slash episode, and then type in the number of the episode. that will take you right to the page page. All right, so the next piece is using, so you learned your, your conditions, right? You just listened to episode nine. You're a ninja at figuring out exactly what conditions you have in your space. And I'm not talking about just for your whole yard, but in the exact space that you want to plant. Because the space in your front yard might be completely different than the space in your backyard with certain conditions. You might have a space that's steeply sloped in your backyard, right? And it's heavily shaded by some trees right? So, so that is going to be very different uh, of an environment than your front yard, which gets full sun, right? And it's flat and it's very high in organic matter, for example. And so those plants are going to be different that you select for the front yard versus your backyard. Okay. So make sure you figure it out for the space you intend to put your plant. Okay. Now, how do you do that? Use online tools to filter out poorly adapted plants. Go to the Missouri Botanical Plant Finder Tool. All right. It's an awesome tool and it'll help you sift through and sort through all sorts of plants that are adapted to the contiguous 48 states of the United States of America. All right. So the Missouri Botanical Plant Garden, uh, blah, blah, the, man, I'm, I'm on a roll today. So the Missouri Botanical Garden Plant Finder Tool has all sorts of plants that are adapted to all, all parts of the U S okay. And if you live in Hawaii, this might not be the best tool for you. Um, but, but, uh, this is a great tool for those of you folks that live in the U S it has plants that are adapted to a wide range of the United States, not all plants for sure, but it's a great place to start. Okay. Enough said about that. Go check it out. I'll have a link in the show notes for that one as well. Okay, so when it comes to uh, knowing the conditions, that's a great way to figure out whether you're going to have a plant that's unhappy and then be high maintenance. Now, there's another reason that plants can be the wrong plant for your space, and that is a poorly designed plant. Okay. So the other big piece of this whole thing, so often when we're thinking about landscaping, we think about plants, right? We go to the garden center, we say, Oh, that one's in bloom. It looks pretty. Let's put that here, or let's put that there, or let's buy it. And then we'll figure out where to put it. Right. And so often that happens. And so often that causes problems. So going through this in the right process is very, very important. And it's the part that's so often overlooked, and that's design. thats conscious thinking beforehand to get the right plan in place for the right plants. Okay, that's essentially what design is when it comes to your landscape. So what types of poorly designed plants am I talking about? Well, first, isolated plants. It's happened many, many times. It's happened in our landscape too, I'll admit it. Um, where people just put in one plant in a random spot for one, that causes tons of maintenance issues, but two, it causes ugliness usually because it just doesn't look right. Isolated plants just don't look right unless you're going for a very specific design. Usually plants look best in groupings and, uh, with, you know, specific intent on how they're placed. And so isolated plants cause maintenance issues. They also just don't look right improperly sized plants is another way you have poorly designed plants so this is both too big and too small too big is the most common one that actually causes physical problems so think of planting a tree next to your foundation it's gonna grow up start scraping the eaves cause gutter problems cause shingle problems scrape your windows um, scrape your house but basically the the reality is the top growth you have the same amount of growth underneath your soil. Kind of crazy to think about, right? So if you have a 30, 50 foot tree and it's got this giant arching spread, right? And now it's branches are touching your house and it's huge. Well, the roots are just as big and just as wide, if not wider. And so the reality is The problems you're having above, you're probably also having below your house. It can cause massive drainage issues. It can cause pressure on your structural foundation. It can cause heaving, shifting, um, all sorts of stuff, right? And so that's important to think about. Likewise, planting too close to pavement causes massive issues with roots. And so these are all things to consider with too big or power lines or septic systems or underground cables so on and so forth. Okay, too small. Well, this is more of just an aesthetics and a design thing. It's just kind of a disproportionate look. If you get a plant that's not planned for size and just looks, you know, proportionately too small, it just looks out of place. So think about like tiny little boxwoods placed right along the base of your home as a foundation planting, and that's it. These little dwarf globe boxwoods, right? They're tiny and they just don't match the house. Your house looks like this giant behemoth of a of a brick and siding structure just looming over the top of your landscape with these tiny little shrubs. Okay? So get the right size of plants. Next is boring plants. Okay? I hate to admit it, sometimes plants are boring think of your yew bush. All right. It used to be the most popular plant in the world. It seems like uh, back in the fifties before I was around, um, <laughs> the yew bush it's basically, you know, this is just giant mass of dark green. Okay. Yes. The advantage is it's green all year round. The disadvantage, you have to continue to trim those things and they're just boring. They don't bring much joy to me. At least maybe they bring joy to you. Maybe they bring joy to my Parents and grandparents and great-grandparents. But the reality is they don't bring joy to me. They're just a bit too boring for me, a bit too monotonous. They don't really bring much, you know, structure, joy, um, beauty to me, Uh, texture. They're just a a mass of color and and very uniform. And I guess if you're looking for a very uniform landscape, uh, then it might work. Um, But otherwise... I just don't think they're that exciting. So other plants can be the same way. Okay, if you just have a massive space covered with English ivy or with euonymus, you know, low-growing ground cover for example that just covers everything, and it's just this one big sheet, well <laughs> or a lawn. Um <laughs> uh it it can just be a bit monotonous, right? So, so thinking about how you design that space to be more interesting, visually pleasing with varied structure and form and, and size of plants and, um, interest, um, and bloom times, then you come with something very exciting and interesting. Okay. The next piece is very random, ungrouped or unbalanced plants. Okay. So what I mean by this is you're at that nursery again, you're at that garden center, right? Oh, this azalea looks beautiful. It's this beautiful fuchsia pink bloom right now, right? Well, you pick it up and you say, Oh, well, let's just get one for now. Maybe we'll come back and get some others later. Uh, but they're pretty expensive. So we don't want to get too many and we don't know how they'll do. You go in, you plant it, let's, let's say it actually does well in your landscape and you plant it and it's beautiful and it's off to the side of your house. Well, it's just kind of random, right? It's not designed and integrated into your space. You have this one random bright pink bush for a couple months, and then it's just kind of a random shrub there. That's the rest of there, the rest of the year. And it's not integrated into your landscape. You don't have multiple ones kind of designed planned and interspersed throughout to give a good, um, balance to your landscape to actually, you know, it's, it's this massive draw for a few months of the year. It's actually like an accent when it's in a spot, that's not really an accent point, for example. And so that's what I mean by unbalanced plants or random plants or ungrouped plants. Again, plants usually look best in groups. Okay. There was this dude, he was a landscaper way back, um, his name was Lancelot capability Brown. All right. He was this British guy and he designed all these very expensive, fancy estates. And what his big thing was, was doing these grouped plantings among these big open meadows, and it looked kind of naturalistic, kind of picturesque almost, and they were always grouped plantings of varied structure, varied types of plants. So a couple evergreens clumped with a couple deciduous trees, and then surrounded by these shrubs that kind of slowly melted into the the surrounding meadow that was grazed by all the sheep that went across that beautiful estate. Okay, so there's something to that. To plan a grouped planting as part of a low-maintenance plant bed is really important. Okay. All right, guys. So that's essentially the wrap for the poorly designed pants plants piece. Um, I hope your pants are well-designed. Um, the one last piece I want to make before wrapping up our show is the other type of plant you don't want is an invasive or, um, you know, a lot of people don't like that term. It's just the sciencey people that don't like that term. So for you, it probably works, right? That's what most people say it. Invasive plants or a dispersive alien plant. Does that have a better ring to it? Not really, but, um, basically that's just to appease the sciencey people that listen to the show. Um, maybe there's one of you out there, But basically, you know, no plant's actually evil. It's just the wrong plant that got introduced into a a system that it's not adapted to. And so it causes problems. All right. It disrupts ecosystems. That's what an invasive plant is. I go into this in a ton of detail in episode 17. So I encourage you to listen to that. If you don't really understand what this whole deal with invasives is, um, I go into detail there and it really kind of makes a lot of sense as to why maybe it's worth considering the beautiful natives that we have first and then consider, and this is wherever you live in the world. Okay. I know most of my audience is here in the U S but Hey, shout out to you guys, you international folks that listen to the show. Thank you so much for listening to the show, by the way. Um, it's pretty cool to see like where Some of you guys are listening. So, so, uh, thank you. Um, and so for wherever you live, embrace the native plants, to your area, to your region that, you know, maybe can bring a lot of beauty into your landscape and also express the beauty of your region. That's the cool thing about native plants too. It's like it's taking the best part of where you live and showcasing it for other people. Okay. Anyway, enough on that, but, um, that's another group of plants that you it's just not worth, you know, messing around with plants that can cause problems to the greater landscape, as I call it to the environment, Right. Do you really want to be involved in that? That's up to you. Okay, so that's a wrap for today's show. We're going to actually talk more about that invasive thing next episode, so stay tuned for that. For now, check out today's show notes over at ely.house slash episode 68. First, I didn't talk about this at all today, but you guys, you deserve a beautiful yard, right? So Figure out how to get the right plants and the right space, your space, and do it with the Easy Living Yards membership. I walk you through step by step the whole process to get a beautiful landscape that will give you many returns for you and your family and the time it saves you and also the beauty and the pride you get out of it. So check out the Easy Living Yards membership. I have a link in the show notes. You can go always go to Ely.how membership. Okay, episode nine. It talks about the right plants for your yard. So that's selecting the right plants based on the conditions you have. Check out the Missouri Botanical Garden Plant Finder tool over at uh, ey.how episode 68. That's the best way to get there. Or Google can be your friend with that one too. Um, episode 17, I talk about native plants and exotic plants. To really, if you haven't heard that show, I encourage you to go listen to it. It gives you a really interesting perspective on that whole deal. Last, but certainly not least, if you have a question with your landscape, if you're struggling with something, you are stuck at the garden center and you you, you have a question, go over to ely.how slash pod. You can always ask me a question there. I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure you live with passion and make tomorrow better than today.